0: The Nudge.
1: (laughs) Hey guys. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Nudge with Julian and Ash, where each week we give ourselves the nudge to turning our hopes, goals, and plans into action. Last week we looked into setting and prioritising our goals and one that we set ourselves at the end of the show to hold ourselves accountable for this week was to get in touch with some of our listeners on social media.
0: Yeah, and we still have a growing audience. I mean, we're not that that big just yet, but some people actually messaged us on Facebook since last week saying that they're excited for us to talk about the job-seeking process and career goals. Mm -hmm. So we thought that it would be a good topic to explore this week with the pressures of finding work, in our respective fields, because you know that really daunts us. In mm-hmm. you know, and in first world <laughs> Australia, our careers ultimately shape our futures.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that uh, emoji with a girl with her hands like this. Oh, You guys <laughs> can't see me out there But the one raising the roof I feel like that's like what? our emoji a little yes.
0: bit Yes <laughs> The biggest motivator for our podcast are our career journeys I'm Not only battling the pressures of finding work in our respective fields But waking up and actively making moves to achieving them Ash, I know that you have some exclusive content that I don't even know And we talk <laughs> almost every day So,
1: Exclusive content Yes, sound, what's going on with make it sound with, like I'm a celebrity or yes.
0: something Yes <laughs> But what's going on with the jump hub for you?
1: Yeah, so So actually on Tuesday I went for a job interview. It's very daunting the job interview process. Basically one thing that I wanted to share with you guys is I got some references checked and I got a call today but I couldn't take the call. I had a voicemail and an email being like hey call us back and I couldn't. I avoided it all day until it was 5.30 and I was like okay I'll have to call tomorrow.
0: But if they're calling you and emailing you, surely it's going to be good news. I I don't think that they would call and email you just to say, sorry, (laughs) we don't like you. We're just letting you know.
1: But sometimes once you get to the interview phase, because there's so little people that are being interviewed they usually quite polite at that point so I mean I just I didn't want to take the rejection and I also I didn't know if it was going to be good news and you know we had this podcast to do today and I had another show that I was doing today and I just thought I can't take all this extra (laughs) stress right Right. now if it's a high if it's a low I can't handle it right now
0: absolutely I think that
1: am I crazy
0: (laughs) no you're not crazy like handling you know dealing with rejection and the stress of not only being rejected but you know what if you are accepted the stress in that oh no I have to be into job like
1: exactly like I, i've got to start from the bottom i've got to start again and i just i'm happy chilling <laughs> you I can't know. i'm not
0: gonna let you think that way oh my god all right but you have to tell me so go through maybe narrate how that you know interview process was
1: I guess the interview process is quite stressful. It's quite intimidating. You know, you're put on show. You've got to watch the way you talk and you've got to act quite professional, which can be really tricky when you're a young person because, I mean, I remember when I was back in my old job, a person said to me, you're using awesome too much. And when you're a young person, you don't really think about it. You're just saying cool. You're saying awesome. You're saying like a million times.
0: Um...
1: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just even just being on show for that long and having your brain sort of going for so long, you get so burnt out after that interview.
0: Mm, definitely. <laughs> That's the one I got caught out from using. Oh, it's, I completely understand. Mm,
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, awesome. You think you're sort of being mature by being like, mm, yes, fantastic, excellent, da 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 da. What else have I been called out for? Uh, sweet.
0: Sweet, yeah, sweet potatoes. Use
1: that, apparently. Whatever.
0: (laughs) I think when in doubt, you just have to engage with intense eye contact (laughs) and just nod. I find that by the end of an interview or even just a discussion, I don't want to be in. Yeah, my neck is like stop. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's so bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: What were some of the questions that you were asked during the interview?
1: Yeah, so. Another big part of interviews is you've always got the same sort of stock standard questions, right? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Tell us a bit about yourself. And, I mean, even though I'm doing radio right now and I'm talking non-stop, I actually don't really like talking about myself that much when I'm with other people.
0: Yeah, we can t- we could tell last week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm kidding. No,
0: but it, it is very difficult talking about yourself and talking about deep things such as your goals, your strengths, exactly. your weaknesses, because you don't really think about them in day-to-day life.
1: I mean, I'd like to think I'm not the sort of person that's talking myself up constantly Mm -hmm. and so I find it really difficult to be like I'm really good at this. And I really think that this is my strength, teamwork, motivated. There's certain things that I think I'm good at, but I don't walk around every day, like you said, saying them.
0: Absolutely. I think that there's a certain amount of charm you need to employ when you express your strengths and weaknesses. Because the trick to both of those questions is you need to tell them your strengths, what you're good (laughs) in. Yeah, exactly. When when they ask you what's your weakness, you need to tell them a strength. It's just how you can tweak that information. And especially in a job where communication is essential, and that's pretty much in every single job. You need to be able to... Tweak it. Yeah, tweak it, upsell yourself, um, really showcase your vernacular and Mm. and how you can express yourself, which is something that I'm... (laughs) I'm pausing a lot, so (laughs) I'm finding it a bit difficult now. But yeah, you need to be able to express yourself and really sell yourself.
1: Yeah, which is really tricky as well if you don't have much work experience because mm-hmm. you don't have many examples of work and things like that to go off. And this isn't any job. You're selling yourself on, oh, but I am really motivated. I get up early, you know, or I am Good at schoolwork, it's tricky if you don't have much experience. And then I find that I'm always sort of going on about the same things because I don't have much behind me. Right. But one thing I was reading today actually is it was an article from a recruiter and she was saying one of the worst things to do is ask why a person has left a job.
0: Wait, so someone is, so there's a job available for you. Someone has obviously left that. Yeah. And then the job's available. Yeah. So you're asking why that person left? Yeah. Why would you ask that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... That's what I asked. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But why were you interested in that?
1: Well, I mean, the reason I asked is because I actually wanted to know why that person would leave this position if it's such a great position. I'm sort of Mm -hmm. questioning it a little bit. Not the job in itself. I really like this job. But I'm just wondering what was the motivation for leaving the job? Was it their own sort of personal thing? Was it that they didn't fit the role? Or was it just that that role is bloody boring and nobody would want it and they're trying to upsell it to me?
0: Exactly. So, it's if, tricky. If someone asked me that and I was an employer, would be, okay, this person doubts themselves. This person right. may be another Joe Bloggs who yeah. left the job. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So, maybe you're right. That's probably why she was saying, don't ask that question. Mm-hmm. And I suppose maybe I was doubting myself a little bit. Right. So. And
0: I want to know, how did the employer answer the question?
1: Well, they actually were quite... Coy. There was two people in the interview. I kind of saw them exchange a look, which made me think (laughs) have I touched a sore spot here? Yeah, drama. Yeah, exactly. They just said that that person moved into a different role in the company. So... I mean,
0: a lower role. <laughs> well,
1: I have no idea. I have no idea. It's a big question mark. I mean, you can take that however you want. Either that person wasn't fit for that role, or maybe they decided, damn, this is a boring ass role. I need to move on to something else.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how did you answer some of those stock standard questions, like your strengths, your weaknesses?
1: I did the tell me about yourself, and I was super fast. It took me about 30 seconds. I was just, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And then at the end, I was like, sorry, I answered that really quickly. <laughs> So, probably wasn't my most professional interview ever. Mm -hmm. What did I say for my strengths? Said teamwork. Yes, uh, I, can, I can vouch for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. So, I mean, a lot of people had just said that was one of my strengths, and I genuinely believe it is. I really like to support the people I'm working with, all that sort of stuff. My weakness is I said I'm a little bit of a people pleaser, so sometimes if I don't think a certain take on something is good, I might not speak up. I might just be like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really good. So maybe I'm not putting my best ideas forward and you know what's best for the organization
0: mm-hmm. my strengths in job interviews i think that my strength and my weakness really tie together Mm. which is I can be a bit of a perfectionist I'm very hardworking and I'm I've got creativity and passion and it just all comes into one I do diffuse situations very well I think mm-hmm. not to you know talk myself up or Being sell myself it's so awkward, it's, it's so awkward but <laughs> I think I do diffuse situations and I do people please but when I'm really passionate about something you probably encountered this during um, <laughs> some you know of our of our meetings regarding the podcast I can be quite headstrong and I think that that can be a weakness as well but lots of people tell me I'm perfectionist, I work too hard. Mm. T-O-O being the weakness. (laughs) T-O-O. And it's an issue because that is my genuine weakness and strength, I feel, but it's a stock standard answer. Mm, So I really need to bring forth the anecdotes and really sell myself in an interview whenever I use that. Otherwise the interviewer is going to go, I've heard that one before. That doesn't mean anything to me. I think in interviews, one would need to just give them something that they've never heard before. They've Mm. never seen before.
1: Yeah. That's the hard thing as well. Being individual.
0: I was at a stage where I was applying for countless journalism positions, even in roles that didn't fit my exact goals and where I wanted to be. And, of the few interviews I actually got, one of them was for an editing internship with a publication. And in the interview, I feel like I did very well, but then it all just came to a halt (laughs) on one of her last questions, which was, what are some ideas that you have for our publication? And which is a stock standard question. We've all been told to prepare for that. And I didn't. (laughs) And I was like, hmm... Good question. You said good question. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) It was a while ago. So then I was going through the Rolodex of Ideas in my head, and some of them probably didn't suit the publication, but it became obvious through her eye contact (laughs) that she realised, okay, I'm not interested anymore.
1: Oh, no. What, you just saw the face change?
0: Yeah, I did, and, yeah, it was like, don't let the door hit you on your way out. (laughs) Literally, I didn't get escorted to the door, but... <laughs> I think that the art of the job interview and the art of conversation are more intertwined than yes. we like to admit. And I've actually gotten more jobs through networking, actually, and verbalizing my resume to people who weren't even looking to hire anyone. Um, so basically, you know, I would see someone at you know, an event and I'd be like, hey, I know you're busy. Hmm. But we're having an interview right now and you're hiring (laughs) me. (laughs) And it's it's about showing commitment and building trust in a short period of time. And having that, like I just said, on the spot interview rather than a formal interview process where they may ask stock standard questions as opposed to really getting to know you as a person. That was one of the few interviews i had gotten in the past. Yeah. And since then, I've been really tackling, you know, the freelance lifestyle. So really what you put into your work is what you get out of your work. I think when you mix that with part-time work, mm-hmm. so I work, I work as a sales rep. It can really cloud your foresight and your vision to where you want to be. You know, fatigue starts to set in, and the freelance lifestyle is very different to the employment lifestyle by a company, where you know you're balancing out security and freedom, and me having you know, fear of missing out, you know, I I am addicted to the freedom
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) aspect of it. FOMO.
0: In this period of time, I've received probably 30 business cards in the two years I've been with the company. So, and Mm it all comes down to how you present yourself in this process. And I hadn't followed up on any of those business inquiries or anything because it just didn't suit me. However, one day I was getting to know a customer and I found out that they were a television director and they had their own production company then the light bulb went up in my head (laughs) ding 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 okay (laughs) this is an opportunity yeah so this is one of the moments where I actually initiated it and asked if you know hey do you have a business card that I could have this is a field of work that I would like to get into and I think it's about having the courage to do that that shows that you're committed
1: yeah that confidence yeah
0: it's so important yeah and it's something that you can't really do in a formal interview
1: Yeah, definitely. Because that
0: chemistry is already set in stone.
1: It's a different environment, isn't it? It's a different sort of conversational tone. If you're having a casual conversation across the counter, it's really different to being sat down with a little glass of water, feeling very uncomfortable and making small talk awkwardly before you hit those hard questions.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, to to follow up on that story, I did get some paid work on a television Set, which was amazing, a really good experience for me. And I mean, I think for me, what allured me to this freelance lifestyle is that it holds me accountable every day for what I do and what I don't do. I really need to engage. This is a bit difficult for me because I'm introvert, but at the same time, I am very social. Um, And it really tests me and my passion for this work. And, you know, for everyone else in their respective fields, it would test how much you want the job and how much you want even. Unpaid experience. And I guess this shows that, you know, if I don't do something for myself, how can I expect to do that for an employer? And I worked my way up into the music journalism industry and I got to interview some amazing musicians, meet tons of cool people, get access to all this cool music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't learning anything new. And for me, it became a bit dull. And I mean, my goals, which I didn't really get to delve into too deeply last week, I want to work in cultural and conservation journalism. That's my main career goal at least. So I figured if I'm going to get there, I need to have relevant experience on my resume or in my portfolio. And the only outlet for us to do it as young people is to do it ourselves, um, whether via a blog or whatever. And I actually contacted a successful Australian travel journalist last year named Angela Soreen.
1: Oh, cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and I definitely recommend contacting more local role models that you can accurately aspire to be like as opposed to your ultimate role model. I mean, (laughs) for me, that will be like David Attenborough and Louis Theor.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no,
0: I'm 100% the same. Yeah. 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 When I contacted her, I did get a response.
1: That's great.
0: And she told me that it is expected that every potential employee in our field at least have a blog to showcase their passion and commitment to a topic beyond deadlines. So that's what I'm currently working on. I actually just completed an article and I submitted it to a prestigious publication. They got back to me. yeah. So hopefully it gets published there. But yeah, freelancing is a bit of a roller coaster, Mm. right? Um, Ash, are you open to freelancing at all?
1: I am. I guess I sort of need a bit more of a push when I work. I like to sort of have structure.
0: Yeah, I guess what you sort with, like, school and uni.
1: Yeah, which is bad, isn't it? Because maybe that's because I've been conditioned to be like that. I think I actually am a bit more attracted to the security as well Okay. of having full-time employment. You have that, it doesn't have to be nine to five or whatever, but it's just that consistency that I really like. And I think maybe that's just sort of a personality trait rather than anything else right
0: because yeah. do you like to go to work and then go home or do you like to take your work and live with that and be at one with your work and yeah.
1: It? <laughs> so yeah I think I'm more of a it's a two separate thing you know you okay. got life and you got work that's probably why I'm a bit more attracted to that
0: yeah but you actually got a, a freelance gig offer a while ago, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did, actually. That was a writing gig, and that was by going to a networking event, so I would highly recommend. Awesome.
0: We need to. You and I need to go to a networking <laughs> event and start podcasting live or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be neat. In a way, networking is sort of verbalizing your resume, which makes it so much easier Definitely. with your charm and with your wit to really get that job and yeah. build chemistry. <laughs> but not everyone goes to networking events and, and finds work from word to mouth.
1: Yeah, I think it's also really hard when you're young as well because you might feel a bit intimidated to go to a networking event. Uh, I mean, of all the ones that I've been to, I went with work and I also went when I left my job. It was really intimidating because these people are a lot older than you a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. One thing that I wanted to touch on is that it is really tricky to find jobs. It doesn't matter who you are at the moment, so don't stress out about not being able to find the perfect job for you.
0: Absolutely, and I think that with... Our generation, Generation Y, or as some people call millennials, there's a bit of an addiction to freedom and to testing things out and measuring the orders of, you know, your limits and what you want to do with life, rather than putting yourself into a box and working a nine-to-five job, you know, for 50 years as expected, you know, in previous generations.
1: It's really tricky as well, because people of our generation also want everything really quickly, because we're so used to the internet and technology is developing so quickly, and then... We come to the job and it's what's the saying? Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, and that is a hundred percent what it is. Yeah, you've got to start at the bottom. You have to work your exactly. way. Exactly. You've got to take side steps. You've got to really work hard for things.
0: It's all a journey, not a struggle, as we've been saying. Yeah, yeah. And you have your good days, you have your bad days. You have job acceptances and you have the rejections that exactly. we both have experienced. Yeah, but and you've a-
1: just got to take that failure and turn it into success.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to take it back to probably the first, you know, step, not only just, you know, seeing the job, you know, whether it's in an online ad or a newspaper ad or through word to mouth, but then creating the resume. And I don't know about you, Ash, but I don't have just one resume. I keep a Word document that includes all of my previous experience and previous employment. I set up a new resume for every new job application that I do.
1: Jeez, that's quite time consuming. Well, yeah,
0: because you need to tailor it for the employer because you don't want to include all of your irrelevant experience on the page. Otherwise, it will just be filled with all these words that just distract the employer from the words that actually count.
1: Yeah, the important things that you want to get across. I even had to create a new one because a specific job was calling for somebody with like a bit of design experience. So I had to recreate a whole new one that had sort of design elements, had lines, had sort of funky heading. D-
0: did you have those design skills?
1: Well, I did. So okay, it that's wasn't good. it wasn't an issue, but it was more just, oh, here we go again. I've got to create another resume. Mm-hmm of the three that I already had. And every process is so different.
0: It's so draining. It's so time-consuming. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then
0: the online applications oh. where you need the questionnaires and everything, that irks me the most. <laughs> selection, Key selection criteria, don't get me started. Oh, my
1: God, please.
0: Because <laughs> you have to give a different answer to everything each time. You can't just copy and paste. You can't use the same thing. You need to draw upon different anecdotes and experiences each time. It is challenging, but I guess that's a way to really draw out the people who aren't as passionate or aren't as driven for the job.
1: And don't have as many skills and as much knowledge, which is the cruddy thing for when you're young, because you'll be doing key selection criteria that will go for five or six pages. I have been there and you have two jobs to draw on mm-hmm. so you're just drawing on different examples in the same job
0: exactly so <laughs> and, I mean, I've I mean I've never done it but I've been tempted to be like as I said earlier yeah, and then or,
1: and no, then I just, think I've done
0: that and then just regale on the exact same story
1: <laughs> I've had to for some of them because it'll be the same sort of question it will be uh, uh, good communication skills with stakeholders then the next question or a couple of questions will be like Good teamwork skills and ability to talk to others—something that is—that's basically the same thing in a different way, like written in a different way.
0: Exactly. What did I expect? And (laughs) it really challenges your your vocabulary and it makes you really take things extremely literally.
1: Yes, so like,
0: so you would have to, you know, take the teamwork out of the communication skills with with stakeholders, and then you're left with—I don't know—whether I'm good
1: at talking. Yeah, I'm good at talking. (laughs) It's so tough, but yeah, resumes are one of those really hard ones where, you know, I've been told so many different things as well, which is really tricky. So have it really bland, have your volunteer here, have your attributes here, which is something I only just recently learned, having your key attributes at the top of your resume.
0: I heard that from a few people as well.
1: Yeah, and I've only just added that little one, and I don't know if it's any good or not. By I don't key, know if by, people look at it.
0: Yeah, by key attributes, do you mean personality... Yeah. traits and, and and basic skills yeah
1: so at the top of mine it's got uh my name a bit of deets about me then a little paragraph about the sort of job i'm looking for and the sort of role i would be good at mm-hmm. then it goes into i've just got three key attributes so i think one of them is like resourcefulness uh like good work ethic i think i just made that one up but you know it's along that that line so people are like oh, okay, this person's that, but and, how will they know? Yeah,
0: exactly. So that's why I don't, I don't even, put yeah. those things up there because they're just words. Yeah, without, they don't know if I'm with, resourceful. Without experience and without education, which is what I put first. Mm. So I think, yeah, we all have a different methods. And I think because we're all used to typing up in a Word document and formatting it in a Word document, there's not too much to the imagination. It's literally a vertical process, top to bottom. It's almost like you're ranking your key attributes against your experience and Mm. against your education and against your hobbies, which I was told is also very important. Hobbies? Um, Yes. Because employers want to know whether you fit in with a team, whether you get along.
1: Actually, that's very true. (laughs) I was filling out a form today and they said, do you have any other hobbies Mm -hmm. besides what I was applying for? Exactly. And I thought, that's a strange question. But, I mean, luckily I'd just taken up some new hobbies, so it worked.
0: Yeah, Last year, I came across this really cool resume that had been making waves online. It's a sample resume written by Enhanced CV based around Yahoo CEO Marissa Mayer and her work experience. And Ash, check this out. Guys, if you want to have a look at this resume, go to facebook.com slash the nudge podcast. It's really cool. It's laid out really nicely. It almost looks like a web page.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. I love it. There's lots of
0: purple everywhere. But yeah, at the top, she has her name, Marissa Mayer, and an underneath, businesswoman and proud geek, which <laughs> I think it's really cool to have a tagline there, something that describes you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, what do you think yours will be? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, probably something like creative thinker and cat lover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just <Calibre>. yes.
0: <laughs> and Enhanced CV has put the experience at the top. There's sections in it that describe her strengths, her education, achievements, and at the bottom there's a section which is separated like a pie chart called A Day of My Life. So, obviously, a big part of it is dedicated to her work, but also sleep time, family time. And there's a really small piece of the pie that's dedicated (laughs) to hobbies. Um, It says, baking cupcakes and creating spreadsheets for all of the needed ingredients, I think that that's – well, I don't think it's relevant for a CV, (laughs) first of all, but I think that it's really nifty that she used a work-related task, creating spreadsheets, for a hobby, mm. I think that that's.
1: She's tried to tie it in, hasn't she? Like I'm making cupcakes, yeah. but I'm still doing computer-y stuff. Exactly,
0: really strategic. <laughs> and I came across this article on LinkedIn from Jennifer Jacobson, who's really analysing Enhanced CV's sample resume. There's actually a list of negatives and things what not to do. One of them was the thing that I mentioned, which was the cupcake thing. <laughs> so yeah, and basically it says in the article, and I quote: "If you're applying for a or a level job don't talk about making cupcakes <laughs> uh, Sassy. so yeah always include something relevant in your resume I guess And, I mean, she does mention that there are some good things about it. I mean, the standout positive is that it's eye-catching. It's very visually appealing. It's really easy to read, was the second one. And the third one is that she uses a really good quality headshot. I don't have a headshot on my resume, do you? Yeah,
1: and I've also been told not to put photos on your resume because people shouldn't write you off depending on your appearance you know we create an impression of a, of somebody in seven seconds or something like yes. this if we look at a photo of somebody on their resume there may be the chance that we will write that person off which is an awful thing but what about linkedin yeah i mean it's different now isn't it because everyone can stalk you
0: exactly i think that you and i have really good headshots for linkedin it's basically <laughs> us smiling you know Shoulders up.
1: Yeah, I tried. <laughs> S-
0: some people have filters on their LinkedIn really? profile pictures. I've seen that. <laughs>
1: wow, shivers. I've never seen that, yeah, but they I can must imagine. Be, they must
0: be really comfortable in their current jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gotten to a stage where I just link... All employees, my LinkedIn. (laughs) I cannot be bothered with the word document because it's a very, it's not very imaginative. LinkedIn is all about creating networks towards your career. Mm -hmm. And thus you get a lot of good inspiration on it.
1: LinkedIn, everybody, super important. Yeah, super important.
0: <laughs> Connect with me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what field or career you want to get into. There's like it's useful everywhere I've noticed and it's only getting stronger.
0: There's a feature on LinkedIn where you can pretty much upload all of your pieces of writing, all of your podcasts, all of your video content. So that has become my multimedia resume, I guess. Very cool. So, have you uploaded anything on your LinkedIn?
1: I have put a couple of pieces of work or some images, some design stuff that I might have been a bit proud of. But yeah, you guys can totally check out our work or our yeah. LinkedIn's and, On LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> and critique us and see if you think they're okay.
0: Definitely. And I think that actually, yeah, showing the work as opposed to describing the kind of work that you've done, it's about actions, speaking than words.
1: Yes, definitely. bit more hands-on. I've had job offers through LinkedIn as well. Freelancing and things like that.
0: Awesome. I don't think I, I've been offered...
1: That's all right. But I, yeah, oh, I,
0: I, so your getting, time will come. Yes, my time will come through LinkedIn. But that's
1: because, like, I was sort of in a professional sector, so I was connecting with people that I had the potential to sort of get work through, and they knew me personally as mm-hmm. well. So that made it a little bit different. And yeah,
0: yeah, and I guess people are used to submitting the resumes, mm. whether it's you know a Word document or LinkedIn or one of the visual charts that. You know, mm. we've seen um, in recent days, even animation videos I've seen online. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's neat. That's
0: pretty cool. But people are used to submitting them online as opposed to in person. I think yeah. the in-person ones were a bit more traditional. Yeah, So like retail definitely. stores or anywhere that has like a a physical presence that you can access other than going through the secretary, basically. The way that you present yourself and hand in your resume is just as important, if not more important than the content of the resume. Because in my job as a sales rep, I get hard copy resumes. You know, handed to me every week, and I don't even bother reading through them basically. My manager does not (laughs) either. Um, It's about how you present yourself, how you sell yourself, because if you can sell yourself well, you can sell the products well. So that's a good point. For all of our young listeners now who are looking to get, you know, part time work or handing in hard copy resumes to potential employers. Do not have a stack of resumes in your arm, <laughs> which means basically I'm handing in a resume to you and enter the next door and to the next door. Basically, that means that you're not keen on this job. Yeah, right. um, You're not just submitting this resume to this employer. Um, also, eye contact, handshake, hello, my name is, what's your name? Uh, Tell me a bit about position or something that I did before I got the job that i have now and i've been with the company for two years basically i walked into the store i was friendly i looked around at the products talked about the products asked them how work is what are the, the struggles what are the the highlights of the day in the position and then that led into do you need a position built and then the next time i came in with my resume had a nice friendly chat smashed the interview and then yeah <laughs> but when you do approach you need to be fearless you need to you know have that little, out there. have that little bit of charm
1: Mm-hmm. Charisma, exactly, so important. But it's communication skills a lot. At the end of the day, they call it QI, okay. like emotional intelligence. Yeah, and it's so important. It's one of the most highly regarded skills now that a young person. Yeah, can it, have. and
0: I find it quite attractive or charismatic. If you have emotional intelligence, and it shows confidence, shows that you know yourself, can be relied on.
1: Yeah. So I came across this quote. Yeah, another quote. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I love it. Um, by Paulo Coelho.
0: Yes. The writer
1: of The Alchemist. I'm,
0: I've actually just started reading that book yesterday. Oh,
1: wow. It's really nice. Yeah. I'll give you
0: guys updates on how I go with it, because apparently it's supposed to be really captivating, so <laughs> See how when I'm comes. all engulfed in it, I'll let you guys know how I'm feeling. <laughs>
1: So yeah, and the quote is, whatever you decide to do, make sure it makes you happy. So we've been having a really great chat today. Hey, Jay.
0: Yeah, we have. (laughs) I'm inspired to
1: keep moving forward. To
0: keep moving forward. Yes, it's a journey.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. As we've said before, we're going to be holding each other accountable each week. And what do you think our accountability should be this week, Julian?
0: Well... I mentioned earlier that I haven't attempted to look for work on LinkedIn, so Mm. maybe I should challenge myself to look for work and find a job and apply for it through LinkedIn.
1: Great. It's a good platform for that, definitely.
0: Who knows? I may walk out of here next (laughs) week with a full-time job and end of script's flipped. (laughs) But yeah, I think that you should do the opposite. So you should try the freelancing thing. So maybe have an article written by next week.
1: Yeah, I'll give it a go. (laughs) It's really hard to motivate yourself sometimes to get it written, but I will try.
0: You will. Uh, I'll give you guys a bit of insight. Ash and I edit a magazine together. Mm. So... I'm going to be editing your work, so it to be good.
1: (laughs) We'll see how it goes, but I will try, and obviously I need to be accountable to you and to our audience. Yeah, so guys, you can keep in
0: touch with us on social media. So our Facebook page is facebook.com slash thenudgepodcast, and we're also on Twitter and Instagram at thenudgepodcast. Check out our content there.
1: Yeah, and if you'd like to hear anything more, you can also head to iTunes or Omni and you can listen to the podcast again.
0: Yay. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, guys, for listening once again. It's been a great show, and we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.